This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. And we are discussing the laws of Pidyon Shfuyim. Pidyon Shfuyim is redeeming captives. Now we have to thank God, you know, today there's not many Jews who are held captive around the world. But in those days where the Gemara was written, time of the Romans, the Romans took hundreds of thousands of Jews captives. Hundreds of thousands of Jews captives. <coughs> so the Shulchan brings it from the Gemara. Quotes from the Gemara. Pidyon Shvuyim Kodem Leparnasat Aniyim. Lechasotan. Redeeming captives is the first priority in Tzedakah. More than giving poor people, more than giving people clothes. First priority is redeeming captives, which obviously is very expensive. Depends on the price of the slaves, because they'll be sold into slavery. So it's a mitzvah, tremendous mitzvah. Ven mitzvah gedola ki bidyon shvuyim. There's no mitzvah bigger than the mitzvah of Pinyon Shvuyim, redeeming captives. And therefore, even though they collected money for other causes, imagine, I come along and say, I'm collecting to build a shoe. And then I hear there's a, there's a captive somewhere, I have to give that money and redeem the captive. So even though it's false pretenses in a sense. I collect it for some other purpose. Nevertheless, redeeming captives, the money can be altered to change it to, to go and redeem the captive. Amazing. Even if they were collecting money to build a better Bigdash. Even if they bought the wood and they bought the uh, stones. Right? And they made it, de- designated them for the better Bigdash. You can't sell it for any other mitzvah, obviously. You're allowed to sell it for the sake of redeeming captives. Redeeming captives, priority number one. We are very fortunate in this day and age that doesn't exist today. Thank God. Maybe someone is kidnapped in you know South America somewhere. They kidnap people just for the ransom. So that's a question. Would you? How much would you give for the ransom? We're going to talk about that. The synagogue is built already, or the Benjamin Dash is built already. You don't have to sell it. Don't sell it to redeem captives because it's already built. We're talking about the money, we're talking about the, the, the construction uh, uh, materials. We call Mako, Manoder, Sela, Lestaka, Empedion, Shvim, Bechlal, Velivdod, Basela, Zu, Rak, Medar, Baneayim. Okay. So it's going to be changed. It's going to be designated by the Gabai of the town or the Vard of the town. No one come along and change. I give my money to so and so place. I can't, I can't alter that. It's got to be altered by the Gabbai Tzedakah, the one who's in charge of the charity and, and the Vard, the Vard of the town. That's the bit in the Ramah. A person who closes their eyes to redeeming captives, there's a mitzvah of the Torah, don't harden your heart. Suppose person says, I didn't, I didn't see it. I'm, I'm denying, I'm in denial. No, there's no such thing. He's in denial, he hardened his heart. The Torah also says you're not allowed to close your fist to your poor brother. So a person who says, I don't see it, I don't know, I don't think about it. Unless he is closing his eyes, he's hardening his heart, he's closing his fist. And also, you're not allowed to stand by your brother's blood. That means if there's a Jew in in, uh, danger of being killed, you can't stand by idly. You have to do something about it. And also, you're means you're not allowed to make him work hard. If you have a Jewish slave, the guy's being, he's a slave to someone else. And he's going to be work very hard. 
and therefore you're also responsible to make sure he's not worked hard. You have to redeem him. You're also you're transgressing the positive commandments. Those are negative commandments. Now, kind of positive commandments? Open your hand to the poor man. And number two is let your brother live with you. He's going to live in a similar circumstances as you. If he's a slave, he's not going to live in similar circumstances as you. After love your friend as yourself. Obviously, that's uh, yeah, that's but but say lochim mut. And many of them are taken to die, so it's, you're going to save him. You have to save him from death. So there's a mitzvah of saving him from death. If you don't, um, like you said, you can't stand by uh, and watch a fellow uh, Jew die yeah. to do something. Yeah. Perhaps if you don't know the person is Jewish or not. You don't, you don't know. So we do know. So we do know. So just you have to go by chances as well. The majority of people that, of that town were Jewish. So you have to say it's... Um, we have a general rule. Whatever comes out, comes out for the majority. For example, let me give you an example. You find an abandoned baby in a Jewish neighborhood, say 90% Jews. You have to assume that baby is Jewish. It's called an Asufi. It's an abandoned baby. So the status is most likely it's Jewish, and therefore you have to look after the baby. You can't give it away to an, uh, a non Jewish foster home, say. It's a Jewish baby. So if it's a boy and it's circumcised, obviously it's a Jewish baby. Even though it may be 10% Muslim, you assume it's Jewish because it's a 90% Jewish. You had a Brit Milah, assume you assume he's Jewish. Because okay. it comes from a majority area of Jews. Today, there's a problem. Today, people move around. That's the trouble. Today, people move around. You don't know where the kid came from, who dropped him off. Okay. In those days, you, you know, you yeah. found him in a local yeah, place. You can assume yeah. he always was there. Okay. Today, a lot of, uh, today, a lot of children circumcised. Yeah, right. Also, non-Jewish children are circumcised. But I'm saying, if it's found in a Jewish neighborhood, you can assume so you it came assume from a Jewish neighborhood. Yeah. You have to assume, because the majority is there, so it comes from the majority. That's what we're saying. So the guy was uh, in prison now, he's, uh, he's a captive, was uh, kidnapped in a uh, majority Jewish area, you can assume he's Jewish. Yeah. Obviously, when the guy goes to get married and asks ask questions, and he may want to do it, just a humrah, just to be on the safe side. Go through a gyuri for me, I don't know. Depends if someone will marry him, you know what I mean? So the woman's rabbi also got to agree. Like, oh yeah, he's hundred percent. He was found in a majority Jewish neighborhood. You know, I don't know how that would work today exactly, but that's halacha on the books. Halacha on the books is a person found in a majority Jewish neighborhood it must be Jewish. Yeah. Must be Jewish. Unless there's something wrong, and you can see he's not a Jewish baby somehow. Okay, so there's so many mitzvot, <coughs> positive and negative mitzvot regarding redeeming captives. That's what I say. Kol rega shemeachel evdot. Man, every second that a person delays, is like a murderer, because in those days, these captives could be killed off any time. Oh. The guy says, you know, we've got enough slaves, we can't sell this guy, he's an old man, kill him, get rid of him. He's eating food, he's eating up some. Oh. So they would kill the guy, very simple. In those days, life is worth nothing. Life was worth nothing. And also today, you have people who are taken for ransom. You don't cut off his ear, cut off his nose, different cases. They send a little finger. We had cases even in America, right? Who was the guy that cut off his ear? Getty. Getty. Yeah. It's a risk. It's a risk you take. That's what the Shulchan says. It's a risk of life. No, I know. And every time, every second you delay, every second you delay, can lead to death. And therefore, it's a mitzvah to do it straight away, not delay. And now we come to a very interesting clause, and this was a big discussion in in Israel regarding captives, the Yimach 
Hamas takes captives or like uh, Shalit. Famous case of Shalit. I allowed to redeem Shalit. We know they redeemed Shalit. They released a whole bunch of terrorists. And a lot of murders came after that through those terrorists they released. So the price is too high. So it's amazing halakha here. Very, very important halakha here. Very important psychological halakha. And obviously it's very hard for the guy who is a captive to, to, to look at her. So we're not talking about the captive. The captive obviously is going to be very hard for them. You're not allowed to acquire them and redeem them more than they're worth. In those days they had slave markets. So he's a 40-year-old male. He's in good health. How much is he valued in the slave market? I don't know what it was in those days. Depends how many slaves that were available. When the Romans conquered Israel, slaves became very cheap because they had thousands and thousands of, of Jewish slaves. So the price of the slaves went down dramatically. They said all the slaves the slave markets. So it depends on the price. What is the price in the marketplace? Otherwise, if you pay higher than that price, you can encourage them to get more people. Just take them into slavery. To capture more people. So it's a law the rabbis made. Don't, you're not allowed to pay more than they're worth. Why? Because it's tikkun haulam. To fix the world. The people shouldn't be encouraged to capture, kidnap more people. You find the famous case of Maram Rottenberg. Rameyam Rottenberg, one of the greatest Ashkenazi rabbis in, in Germany at that time. The Germans haven't changed much. They, they, they captured him. They held him to ransom. And he passed the law in jail. No one is allowed to ransom me off. Why? Because if they ransom me off, they're going to catch all the rabbis in the country and ransom them off one by one. Come on, what kind of law? Come on, what kind of greatness he had? Mm. He's in a dungeon somewhere making a law not to allow to ransom him. He died in jail. Only after he died, they redeemed him. They ransomed his body. And the guy who ransomed his body says, I, all I want is I want to be buried next to him. Wow. So in the, in the cemetery you go there today, you'll see he's buried next to the rabbi. So you're not allowed to redeem someone more than the price in the market. Why? We don't people to come and capture more people. But the person himself can redeem himself for whatever the price. Because no, no one else is allowed to redeem them for higher the price. You say, what's the price? Imagine they call, the guy, they call up the community. We have a Jew here. We're ransoming him off for $10 million. Sorry, too expensive. Put the phone down. It's hard. It's hard. What's the price? Today is no real price. What's the price? But if you're going to encourage them to do it again to other people, the price is too high. And who? No one's safe. So it's better that one guy suffers. Unfortunately, it's a, it's a, it's a terrible thing. There's a, there's a balance over here. What's the benefits? Or what's, which way you go? So if you ransom this guy off, or capture more people. You're going to encourage them to do more. So that's not allowed. So the rabbis made this law. Tikkun haolam. To fix the world, the Jewish world. On the one hand, you have to do it as soon as possible because otherwise it's like a murderer. On the other hand, if the price is too high, don't do it. It's a very fine balance. And that was the whole question about Shalit. You've got to give back 200 murderers for one guy. Then the previous ones, they gave back thousands of people for one guy. It just shows the, the value of one Jew. Yeah. It was worth a thousand people. So, but a person can do it for himself. So a person is a multimillionaire and he wants to pay for himself. Pay. Pay as much as you want. Because it's not going to encourage other people to be taken captive because he was a billionaire and no one else has the money. They know that the Jews are not going to pay for the guy. The exception is a rabbi. Or the student of a rabbi who's brilliant. 
He's going to be a great rabbi one day. Hard to know. And, uh, then a person is, has to pay even... doesn't matter. There's no limits to redeem the rabbi. So Maram Rothberg, he could have easily got redeemed. He made the law himself. Imagine. The Shukana says he's allowed to be redeemed. He makes a law in jail. Imagine what greatness he had. He to sacrifice himself so that no one else can get captured. He's communication with people outside of... Yeah. He had, he, had silver, he had people going in to see it. But all his great students, like the Rosh, ran away. Ran to Spain. He became the chief rabbi of Toledo. The father of the tour. His children became Sephardi. But he changed the laws of Spain. He became more Ashkenaz. <laughs> Till today, a lot of Moroccan Jews are, uh, are follow a lot of Ashkenazi. Like they don't eat rice on Pesach. They allow uh, regular uh, kosher. They only bet yourself. There's a lot, a lot of laws. The Jews of Morocco were influenced by the Rosh. He ran away to to Spain. Became the chief rabbi of Toledo. Can you imagine, big Ashkenazi rabbi, because the chief Sephardic rabbi of Spain, Toledo, one of the big communities. You know, there's a family, very famous family of rabbis today called Toledano. Toledano comes from Toledo. No, we're not going back to Toledo. Now look at this. Now what about arranging an escape? I want to arrange. I want to send, what's the uh, elite forces? Seals, isn't it? The, uh, what are they called? Force. What are they called? The, the, the seal, the elite forces in Israel. What are they called? Uh, Sayyid Makkal. Uh, I'm going to send Sayyid Makkal to go and, go, and, go and get in there and release all the hostages. Are you allowed to or not? Shukran says no. What? Why? And what happens? They're going to guard them even more now. Mm-hmm. Next time it's going to be much harder. Isn't there a mitzvah to stop a roadie? 100% if you can stop him. But it's not yeah, stopping him. Like you're going to go and, you're going to go and challenge them on their turf <clears throat> while the kids, the people are still there. Mm-hmm. So next time, even if you can release these ones, next time they're going to be, they're going to tie them up and they're going to bind them. They're going to find a different way to control them. So the question is, what about Raid and Tebi and whatever, all these things. These are very important questions. And I don't know if they, they asked the rabbis what to do. I don't know. No. I don't know if they asked. You don't. Listen. That's the difference between... So the Prime Minister's got to make up his mind. The Prime Minister's got to make up, the Cabinet's got to make up their mind. What's the risks over here? What's the benefits? It's, it's a very fine... That's what Shukran is doing. The risk benefits. Are the risks higher than the benefits? What's the long-term risk? Long-term benefits? It's a very, it's a very difficult halakhic question. No. It was not done in those days. No, no, I've heard of that thing. We never had an army. We never had captured people. Jews never captured people. Who are we going to exchange? Or no, or maybe, I don't know, like maybe In those days, the zealots would take, to kill people, so yeah. they no, no captives. You don't take Romans captive, because Romans are so strong, they'll come and yeah. they'll get out. There was no holds barred, they killed each other. But the Romans took a lot of innocent people captive, that's what they took captive. That's what he said, look at this. You don't get, don't arrange rescue squads for them, because <coughs> next time they're going to really persecute them even more. Now, what about a person who sold himself to non-Jews as a slave? Or he took a loan and he couldn't pay it back and they took him? You redeem or not? And the answer is yes. We redeem him once, first time. Redeem him twice, that's it. Third time, it's your problem, boy. You did it yourself. You sold yourself. You, you borrowed money and you couldn't pay it back. We're going to leave you in your stew. You've made the stew. 
we do redeem that his, his children after he dies. But if they want to kill him, so he owes us some money, we're going to kill the guy. Then we redeem him. Even after many times. There's different people taking captive the women and the men. Women comes first. Redeem the women first. But if they're... Can I say this? If it's a gay society and they're going to they're going to capture the guy for the sake of uh, the Romans and the Greeks, they're the worst. They're celebrated for male uh, promiscuity. But then the man comes first, because for a woman it's natural, but when it's unnatural totally. For we redeem the man before the woman. In a societies where they subject the men to this uh, kind of treatment, they rape the men. Who have you very a person's in captive with his with his rabbi and his and his and his father. Who's going to come first? Who could he redeem first? He's a rich man. He has money abroad. What does he do? Who does he redeem first? His rabbi. rabbi. He answers himself. Yeah. You have to love yourself first. He comes before the rabbi, and then the rabbi, and then his father, and his mother comes first. He says, yeah, "Women are first. Right? Unless it's Mishkav Zachor. Right? So women come first. If his mother's also captive, they take the whole family captive, the mother comes first. Then him, then his rabbi, then his father. If his father's his rabbi as well, father comes first. Okay. If the husband and wife are okay, captives, his wife comes first. So the Beitin can do, they can take his money and redeem him. It was, if he has money, he, his money is going to pay for himself. Why should we raise tzedakah for a rich man to pay off his uh, ransom? When he has money, let him pay off his ransom. Even though he's standing over there saying, don't take my money, please, don't do it. Don't do it. I'd rather stay in captivity. <laughs> he must have an easy captivity. I don't lose my money. Don't waste it on these guys, these scoundrels. They'll take my money and run. We don't listen to him. We're a demon. Who knows? Using his money. As we said. If he has money, we redeem him against his will using his own money. The father has to redeem his son. He has the first obligation. If he has money, he comes. He has to redeem his son. Okay. If, after the son doesn't have money. If the son has money on his own, you've got to use the son's money to redeem himself. But if the son has no money, you use the father's money to redeem him. So, same thing with relatives. The closer the relative, the more obligation he has to redeem. So, the brother has to redeem his brother. So, the brother himself doesn't have any money. And you go first to the father. The father doesn't have money either. So, his rich brother has to redeem him. Okay. So, it's a very, these are very hard issues. And, uh, obviously, it requires a lot of thought, a lot of insight, a lot of long-term thinking as well. So that's how you deal with these situations. These situations, there's no real hard and fast rules. You got to know how dangerous is it for either party, for the for the people who is it is it pikuach nefesh? It's just a money issue. What is the issue? You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.